Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this super episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are so excited to talk a little more postseason baseball. We told y'all we'd be back and y'all didn't believe us. But uh, before we kick off into it, I got to bring in my wonderful co-host, Mr. Lane Babyface Brady. What's up, Lane? What's up, Chuck? I feel like an explanation is needed for you (laughs) calling me Babyface. Yes, please share. So we lost... On my birthday, actually, we lost to Samford. And that night I was getting ready to trim my beard. I trimmed it, and I have not been clean shaven in about seven years. I just decided, let's shave off the loss. You know, let's mix up the mojo. Let's uh, let's try something new here. And I shaved the entire beard off. Yes, we are no longer two big guys with beards. It's just two big guys, baby face, and a beard. Well, the baby face has got some scruff on it at this point. It's growing back. No doubt. So what's funny is Mason had never seen me shaved, right? Right. So I walk in the next room, and he comes up to me to talk, which Molly obviously hadn't seen me shaved. She just looked at me and grinned and, like, touched my face. But Mason was in the next room, and he comes running in there to talk to me, and he just freezes. And, like, his eyes got big, and he looked at me, and I said, is there something different, buddy? He said, your beard's gone. I said, well, what do you think? He said, it's okay, Daddy. It'll be okay. It'll grow back. (laughs) So I take that as he doesn't like it, I guess. Not a fan. (laughs) So, yeah. I had fun with Mason this weekend over there watching the regional man. Had a blast. Uh, He's something else. Kid's a ball full of energy. Yeah, he is. So, listeners, we watched every game but the Samford first game together. The first game, right, yep, that's true. We watched them all together after that. So, good times. Well, Lane, you have a buddy of yours. Um, why don't you introduce him and bring him yeah, on? Yeah, man. So, I've got a Golden Eagle supporter here. He's in a massive group message the group me i'm just gonna say the group me right chuck that's what it is the group me of southern miss fans that we're in okay and, uh, okay he said he listens to some podcasts sometimes and i reached out to him and you know he had he had listened to ours and i said uh i told him hey man come on sometime he said he would, and I said, you want to come on this week? And so here we are. So we got Josh Young with us tonight. Welcome to the show, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Josh. Hey, Josh, I, I'm you know, going to uh, be real. I, there are so many people in that group chat that I didn't know that that's the group chat you were in. Like, there's 180-something people in that group, me, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's up to like 182, 183 yeah. or something like that. It's pretty, uh, pretty big, and it never stops. Yeah, it's active. Yeah, it's it active. Stops. It is very <laughs> active. You put your phone down for 10 minutes, you come back, there's 87 messages. I will say this. I get a lot of information from that group. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some people in the know in that group, for sure. It is actually how I found out today we were hosting. <laughs> we uh, we were on the football field. We had summer workouts starting today, and we had a little break. You know, the guys had a little water break. They were getting ready for the next thing we were doing. And I looked down. It was nine thirty. I said, "I think they just announced host sites." I clicked on the group me, and that was the first thing I saw. Mm-hmm. So, and what a good thing to look at, right? No, right. It was a good little pick me up today. It was. It was. Well, Lane, why don't you kick off Josh with our our Everyday Eagle questions, man? Yeah. So, Josh, we like to ask all our guests several questions just to get to know you a little bit. And the first one is, what makes you an Everyday Eagle? 
Well, I mean, I was pretty much born into it. I was born right across the street at Force General, and uh, pretty sure the first piece of clothing I ever put on was black and gold. So, um, you know, my mom graduated from there. One of my uncles graduated from there. And, uh, you know, I was just, I grew up and they were like black and gold all the way. So the miss to the top, you know? So <clears throat> I'm from Pedal. So, you know, right down the street. Been going to games since before I could remember. They raised you up good then. They did. They did indeed. So, Chuck, I like to think one day someone's going to ask my children that question. They're going to be like, my mom and dad drug me to every single ball game. <laughs> <laughs> just like Josh just said. Because I'm sure there were games, Josh, you would have much rather been other places. But, hey, here you are, you know. All right. So, all right, Josh, the next thing we like to ask is, um, what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? Yeah, so I had to think about this one for a minute. Because, like I said, I've been going to games forever. But this one is my favorite because it's the first memory that I have of being at a Southern Miss game. And it was in 2007. I was seven years old. I know. I'm young. Um, And it was at a UCF football game. And number 25, Damian Fletcher, it was like an eight-yard run, but he did a flip over the UCF linebacker. and. When I saw it as a seven-year-old kid, I was like, wow, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And now I'll go back and look at the highlights. Like, oh, it was an eight-yard run. You know, not that big of a deal. But it's the first thing I ever remember going like, wow. You know, a guy from Southern Miss did that, and that was awesome. And uh, like I said, first memory I ever had at a game. And every time I see the highlight reel, or they used to play it on the video board before all the football games, it just takes me back to, you know, being a kid at the game and just enjoying it for what it is. You know, that's the first time I think that one's been mentioned, Chuck. Uh, that is the first time. But I do know the exact play you're talking about, Josh. Right. Oh, yeah, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you know exactly which which one I'm talking about. Can't catch Fletch. That's right. <laughs> He's the man. So that's a good one. That is and, very and what's good one. cool is this is why we asked this question. Because I think Chuck can attest to this too, guys. And listeners, this is why we want you to come on the show and tell us your stories too. Because what's cool to me is hearing stuff like the backstory behind that, you know? Right. Josh saying like, yeah, it takes you back to a point in time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think about like Jeff Kelly and Derek Nix making big plays. And I was a kid watching them. Like it takes you back to that point in time. It just means a lot to people, and that's cool to hear. So thank you for sharing that, Josh. Oh, yeah, no problem. And then the last thing is just tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What do you do? Where you live? Where You, you already mentioned you're from Pedal. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I'm from Pedal, born and raised. I've uh, been here for 23 years now, and I've um, uh, been in the National Guard for five years now. Um, I actually work for my unit full-time in Meridian, so uh drive back and forth every day. Um, I'm recently engaged. Got engaged, I think, about four months ago now. Congrats. Uh, appreciate it. In the, in the works. Your education of- is about to start. Yeah. <laughs> I learned more about myself and about living with another person in the first six months of marriage than I'd ever learned my entire life. Yep, no doubt. And the first thing I had to learn was that she is planning our wedding on Super Regional Weekend next year. So, um, yeah, very. She wasn't really thinking about me when uh, <laughs> when we came up with that. But we just got to get it in this year, then, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. We gotta gotta get the good one out of us this year. Right. Hard to come by, you know, three years in a row. So, it should be safe so, next year. <laughs> yes. You, know, you said you were. Well, you said you were Army or Air Force. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm in the Army National Guard. Uh, awesome. Work with really the pre- aviation unit, Meridian. I appreciate your service. Uh, a good friend of mine, Larry Little, also works up in Meridian, but he drives back and forth from Oak Grove every day. Dang, I might need to link yeah. up with him. Yeah, I'll uh, get you his these, number. These gas prices aren't a joke. <laughs> yeah, there's there's about three or four of them that take turns driving. I got you. I hope you yeah, need to man. get in the caravan. Uh, but thank you for your service. I appreciate yeah. it. 
for sure. And and uh, do y'all know what we are film? I mean, we are recording June sixth, Tuesday. Do y'all know what today is? Uh, Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah. It is the seventy fifth anniversary of D Day. I really didn't D-Day. know that. Yeah. So. Huh. Special thanks to our military. You know. My hit- yeah, I think I saw that on Twitter in the mix of yeah. all the Southern Miss. Yeah. Volunteers. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I've not seen anything but Southern Miss. I think Elon Musk had a few Ooh, tweets. It's gonna be heated, it. so. I'm- well, <laughs> it's gonna be very well. Opinions. It's been. It has been a D-Day between Southern Miss and Tennessee. That's true. It has. It's appropriate, isn't it? It's been brutal. Yeah, well, that's really cool, man. Thank you, Joe. I didn't realize you were in the military either, so we appreciate you. Yes, for sure. I appreciate it. Well, Blaine, I think I heard a knock at the door. I got it today. I did hear it. Today. I, I look on there. board today. Look, I look at that. Lane got it right. <laughs> I, I'm so proud of you. You don't need a soundboard. I got you. I mean, forget this board. I mean, come on. I'm so proud of him. It only took him a few tries to get it right, but we're here we are. All right. So, <laughs> fellas, we actually do have a few, or actually a couple of mailbag questions in this week. Right. First one comes up from. Our dear friend, John. Dear John. John, yep. Oh, John. He wanted to ask, uh, what makes this team different from last year's Super Regional team? That is a good question. Lane, I feel like you have an opinion on this. I do. I do have an opinion. (laughs) Chuck did say before the show he wanted to go first. Thank you. Thank you, Lane. So, he never Chuck, listens to me. I don't even know why Chuck, I'm talking. Chuck, no. why don't you go first? I'm just going to say. Chuck, you go first. <laughs> That's why whenever he said Lane, I was like, oh, boy, Chuck's about to be bad. I, I, I just I saw was, the grin on your face. I was like, should I say something or will they hear me? I mean. Chuck, go first. Yeah, go first. You have but I do have an opinion. They treat you like crap. I do have an opinion, but mm. Chuck will share his first. Forget seniority. Uh, <laughs> Forget it. Um, I, you know, and, and when John asked us this question, the first thing that popped in my head um, is obviously they're they're playing for multiple reasons. I think you're obviously playing for a national championship, but deeper than that, they're playing for a man who they respect and love, and who um, got them to where they are today. Um, they're playing for Barry. They're playing for Forty. Um, I don't know if y'all saw in the regional somebody. And I thought it was really cool, and I, I hope they do it um, during the Super. Had put a Forty jersey and draped it over um, the sign, like right behind home plate. And I think you know every time they kind of got disheartened, you look up there and you see that Forty, and you remember what you're playing for. Um, obviously, Barry wants all the guys to have all the credit and to do it for themselves. But for the team to step up and play for Barry the way they have the last couple of days, just it's a testament to to how respectful and um, love that that man is. So that that's my opinion. Um, I think the talent's pretty much the same um, offensively. You know, we got a few pieces that I think are a little better. I think Dustin's play obviously playing way better than. Um, than he did last year defensively and especially offensively. You you know, you got Nick Monastere that's doing great. You got pitchers that are slinging it. Um, but I think the main factor, honestly, is uh, 40-fold. But that's just my opinion. Lane, what do you think? Sorry, I couldn't hit that. I swear, man, one time a night I try to hit that mute button, the unmute button, and it don't work. All right, so – I agree with you, Chuck. I actually tried to hit unmute about four times throughout your response. But uh, maybe Pate locked my screen or something. I don't know. But I agree with you, man. I think I think they are playing for a lot. I think they're playing for a man that they love and respect. And that does go a long way. It does. Um, it does. I will mention a couple other things that I think are different this time around. The first one being I have shaved my beard and a Clearly, that's doing something special here. And then two is uh, I have retreated from posting snarky stuff on Twitter. 
I'm off the Twitter stuff. I think did somebody somebody message you about that, I, Chuck? Yeah, I was about to say a good friend of mine, Billy Carr, texted me to check on Lane because he hadn't saw Lane tweet anything, and he was like, "Is Lane okay?" Thank you, Billy. And I'm like, he's just being yeah, he's just being a little superstitious. I'm glad somebody cares. Thank you, Billy. But uh, yeah, to be honest with you, uh, when well, we lost to samford i said this is because of my twitter conduct i deserve this and so i basically decided i'm not going to be snarky on twitter toward other teams i'm going to be respectful right chuck and and let them kind of come in here happy ready to play and um not gonna lie i've been put to the test a little bit on that today (laughs) and so seeing all these all this volunteer stuff out there but uh (laughs) You know when you pray for patience, God does not give you patience. I know, man. He gives you opportunities to be patient. So, so that's what God's doing for and you, look, man. I know I sound crazy saying all this, but superstition and stuff, however you put it, the baseball gods are happy right now because of that. Because, I will point this out, Chuck, we are playing Penn. A play doesn't go our way where a guy was clearly out at second. Clearly out. Dickerson got the tag. They did the replay. He's out. They call him safe. Our baseball page posts the video of it. So I start retweeting that, retweeting some snarky stuff about how the umpires, you know, they miss this call. Just sucks. We're losing because of that call or whatever. Well, all of a sudden, after I tweet that, we go down another run. And I said, let's just see what happens. I go in and undo all those retweets, and I kid you not, the next at bat, we take the lead back. And I was like, it's a sign. So I had to sacrifice my pe- my pettiness on Twitter, and I had to sacrifice the beard. But, uh, no, nah, that's – I'm joking around here, but I really – all that stuff is true, but I'm joking around about that. To actually answer your question, John, I think what's different with this team this year than last year – um, and it's interesting because we were worried about the pitching staff going into it, but I think honestly, this team is tougher than we were last year. And I know that's kind of a hard thing to really, like you can easily see it in a full contact sport, like football or basketball, something like that. You can see a team being tough and physical and stuff, but I think our guys are mentally tough coming into this super regional and what i mean by that is we have seen them get down we've seen them make errors we've seen them fall behind the teams that they're supposed to be blowing out we've seen them do all kinds of stuff that like we're sitting here like oh gosh here it goes and our guys always find a way to battle back they put together some strong at bats some tough at bats and um honestly john i i think this team is tough because of the struggles we had at the start of the year. You know, we we mentioned it on the show several times how Coach Barry had to challenge them a little bit and tell them you're not you're not tough enough. We're not where we need to be as far as how tough we are. And Coach Barry had challenged them a lot early in the year, and I think they went through a lot of those tough games and games where you feel like you're supposed to be blowing this team out and you're losing to them. And I think that all prepared them for this postseason because what I have seen is even when we get down in a postseason game, you were never out because our guys are just going to fight and battle back. And I think it all is just mental toughness on that. Um, It would have been easy to throw in the towel after losing to Samford and then realizing you got to play Auburn's ace the next day. But our guys just rose to the occasion and fought it. It'd been easy to throw in the towel after an error versus Penn gives up the lead, you know. Or it would have been easy to throw in the towel when we're down several runs to Penn, but our guys just keep fighting and clawing. And it goes back to who we are. We talk about Southern Miss grit. I think this is the grittiest baseball team maybe that I've seen on the field in the black and gold. They're just super gritty, and I think that's that's a difference. And so, I think I think the best term to say is blue collar. They're yeah, blue collar. They are. I mean, they're just they're hard workers. They're just tough kids, man. Like you can get us down, you can get up on it. Like you can get a lead on us. You can get 
You know, I've even seen the crowd they dang near get taken out of games before, and then our guys just could start fighting right back. And um, it's fun to watch, and and I appreciate it out of our guys. So I think that's it. I think our pitchers are tough. Um, you worry about losing old, you know. He who, who shall not be named after last year. Everybody worried about that. And here we go. Nico Mazza's going to shove. Storm's going to shove. Billy Oldham has come on the scene. Will Armistead, my goodness, right? And so we just got tough kids, man. And they're going to find a way. And I think no that's doubt. the difference. Uh, Josh, do you have an opinion, man? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when y'all asked me this earlier, I wrote some things down. But Scott's last season was one of them. That's obviously a huge deal to the players, especially for the seniors who have, you know, had Scott their whole career. Um, and then the toughness, that was another one I had, you know, all things I thought about. But the other one was experience. I mean, the seniors have obviously been here. We were here last year. Um, they had a rough spot in the regional, came back and beat it just like they did this year. And then coming into the Super Regionals, I mean, even the guys that we've added to the team this year have been in big games. I mean, Tate Parker won a national championship at PRCC. And then Nick Monaster played in the Mississippi, you know, 6A state championship. And there was an interview the other night, and Nick was like, you know, this is a lot bigger than the, than the high school championship game. But to Nick, at the time when he was playing in that championship, it was just as big to him. So, I mean, yeah. these situations aren't new to our players, and I definitely think that gives, you know, a huge advantage to them because, I mean, it's nerve-wracking, but they got their nerves out, you know, in the past, I feel like, and they're not uncomfortable being uncomfortable, you know. You know, they have no problem, you know, biting down and, and getting to it. Like I said, they, just, they have a ton of grit, and they're they have a strong – you know, their mentality is very strong. So I think that's I one huge difference from this team this year and, and from, from last year. I like that. They're not uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Right. That's that's deep, Josh. That's, that's good a stuff. Will Armistead quote. <laughs> no, I don't is have anything on Will Armistead. <laughs> no, Will Armistead said – yeah. That the opponent said, is nameless and faceless. Nameless and faceless. <laughs> That's got to yes. be a shirt soon, yeah. That sounds you like something a soldier says after a battle. And you faceless. Yeah. yeah. Then he said, everybody's arms hurt, but you got to fight through it. I like yeah. it, man. That dude, give him a mic after every game. <laughs> and then he'll drop it at the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well said. Well said all around, really. I mean, I don't think I can really top any of that. You know, I couldn't agree more, especially coming into this year. It's like like it was said earlier, we've had some struggles for sure, but I it goes back to that grit, you know, that Southern Miss grit that we all know and love. They just keep they keep fighting back, you know, when you when you least expect it, here they come. They're going to come back around. They're gonna come back and fight for it, and they really have. And I'm not gonna lie that that first uh, loss in the regional really got me down. But, but at the same time, I can't really say that I'm surprised with them coming back. And so, I and Tennessee is gonna be no cakewalk by any means for sure. But uh, you know, I, I definitely can't wait to see what the what the team comes out with this time. And I think the team really really is connected well this year. Um, you know, there's there's just this um, connection I see or that I've seen. You know, they're really, uh, what's the word? They're really gelling, gelling together, you know? So that's kind of my opinion and my approach to it, kind of how I see it. Um, all right, so we've actually got one more question submitted into Twitter. One of our favorite, one of our favorite tweeters and former when former guest on the show, I almost said host, but former guest and world's greatest trombone player, if I may add, Katie Kelly has written in once again. Oh, I was going to say, we got asked, something from Nico? <laughs> just kidding, Katie. Just kidding. Oh, oh, wow. All right. 
Katie, you have my permission to hit him next time you see him. All right, all right. So, but Katie it won't be at the super regional. And, and, ah, sorry, that that was low. I'm mm. sorry. <laughs> Katie has asked. So she goes on to say, I can't believe they are not letting us host without a thriving Applebee's in Hattiesburg. Oh, pretty, pretty funny. And uh, what do y'all think will be the biggest shock about Hattiesburg to the few Tennessee fans that are able to get tickets to this super regional? Mm. Lane, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Gladly. <laughs> He was, I was, he was itching, itching on this do. one. So, all right. So, as I said before, I have fought off the Twitter warfare because I'm fighting a bigger battle here, Chuck. It's about appeasing the baseball gods and the superstitious stuff and all that stuff. We're keeping the good vibes, the good mojo, right, Chuck? But good vibes one, only. One thing I have noticed is this: I don't think, from what I've read. And what I've seen their fans put, I don't think they know much about Southern Miss baseball. I don't know if they just don't follow baseball outside the SEC, which is very likely that they just keep up with their SEC opponents. But, I mean, just some of the stuff that was said, like, it's almost like y'all think you're about to walk into a podunk stadium with 200 people there. You know, and I think what they're about to find out, Katie, what they're going to find out is this is going to be it. We might not have as many fans in the stands as some of these, you know, I mean, we got <laughs> crap. We're number nine in overall attendance. We were one of the top attended supers last year. We might not have as many people in attendance as some of those SEC schools like the Baum Walker Stadium and the duty noble field and all that we might not have as many people there but i can assure you this we have a fan base i would put our passion up there with anybody and they're about to find out really quickly and get their eyes open to a brand of baseball with tough kids and a fan base that will get after you from start to finish and it's going to be just, I think they're about to find out about Southern Miss baseball that the people here are passionate about baseball and the players are tough as nails. I think that's what they're about to find out. It's what I hope they find out when they get here. Chuck, what do you think they're going to find out? I think the first thing they're going to ask is how we get somebody to climb those poles and light those candles up there for us to play night games. Lane's laughing. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I think you're right, Lane. I think they're going to show up, and I think they're going to be a little taken back by how many Southern Miss fans are there. And um, as Keith Gill, SBC, you know, commissioner said, that the fans uh, are Southern Miss's superpower. And I, I think that's true. Uh, I, you know, Jeremy, I know you listen to our podcast. Do what you can to get the the rowdy fans in there. Don't worry about your corporate people. We'll we'll donate a little more money next year if we need to, but um, get your rowdy fans in there and let's uh let's let's rattle the peat because that's going to help out a lot more than than uh, Joe bringing his client Jake to watch a game that he could care less about. So, uh, but that's just my opinion. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I think Lane's spot on. I mean, I've sat, I've been to Duty Nobles, I've been to Alex Box Stadium, been to Old Miss Stadium, and like Duty Nobles, I mean, obviously holds more than Pete Taylor. It's a, I mean, it looks like a MLB stadium right now, but the atmosphere doesn't compare one bit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, show me one other college that has spots in their baseball stadium reserved for over. Well, I mean, what is the roost? It's like, it's like over twenty year wait list. I think, like, mm-hmm. I think it's in people's wheels in Hattiesburg. It like, is. It's it insane. Is. Like, show me one other fan base that has that. I mean, it's, you just don't find that anywhere else. 
And, you know, the people down there in the lounge, the opposing bullpen is getting it from the time they walk through the gates. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's so much fun. And the atmosphere doesn't compare to anywhere else. And, uh, you know, I think they'll be surprised by that. Also, about the Applebee's, I think they'll be very surprised <laughs> that we have a fast food restaurant named Topher's that sweeps <laughs> Applebee's under, under the rug, you know? So, yeah. I mean, we have three Topher's. They have zero. <laughs> That's uh, They have three Applebee's, and we have mm. zero. So We uh, have one Sully's, and they have zero. We have yeah, two, we have two Sully's. Sully's. Two Sully's. Two. They got yes, zero. That's right. I'm sorry. We got That's two pedal keg and barrels. Right <laughs> we got keg and barrels. They got <laughs> zero. We got Mario's Italian. Mm. They got zero. Crescent City. I'm telling you. Yeah. That's right. Mm. They uh they say y'all can't even have an Applebee's and somebody commented back and they said, Bro, Applebee's was the worst restaurant we had. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like that's why I didn't right. make it. <laughs> like you don't know food if you're con- thinking Applebee's is the the measuring stick here. <laughs> right. Like, right. You're about to find something yeah. out, you know. I think I'd go to yeah. the fresh before I went to Applebee's. Right. Yeah. And that's saying something. Oh I don't well, know, man. I, I got some good eat. wings over mm-hmm. there. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, Paige, what about you, man? Good. I, you know, all I got to say is four words here. Welcome to the jungle is all I'm going to say. I mean, who, I mean, who, who said it? Someone, I think, was it like Kendall Rogers or someone had mentioned on Twitter last year? Like, it's pretty much like, it's pretty much like was a that Brent Rooker. Game. Once Wayne? the fans get, I think it was, was Brent it? Rooker. He was on the eleven point seven podcast, and they they mentioned oh. they were talking about the hardest places he had played. He tweeted about it today too. Oh, they mentioned Pete Taylor Park, and he said, "Oh gosh, that place is brutal." He said it's a zoo, and then he mentioned today how brutal it was. Yeah, he was real it, salty. Was I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna say this: all Tennessee fans who. You don't know what you're walking into. There's a reason no. why just mm-hmm. about every player who plays at Pete Taylor Park, Anthony Rendon said it back in the like, dude, we've been doing this from yeah. back before I was in school. You know what I'm saying? Like Rendon was saying this, like players from all over, like it ain't hard to find quotes about Pete Taylor Park. And I guarantee you none of the quotes are saying like, oh, look at that little stadium. Every one of them say – that is the most brutal – like, that is the hardest place I've ever had to play. And a lot of people right. have said that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have said those fans are passionate. Like, there was a former player who said those – like, I'll never forget playing at Pete Taylor Park. He played for, like, a one of the northern schools. He was like, those fans are the most passionate group of fans I've ever seen. Like, there's right. a reason why there's multiple players who have gone on to bigger – MLB things and bigger games and stuff who always come back to, yeah, Pete Taylor Park's crazy. Y'all about to find out. So just know we we warned you. As our, our good friend Kevin Hart says, you're going to learn today. <laughs> hey, it's – and I'm just going to say this too. It ain't – there are certain schools that have found out it's not the wisest thing in the world to go poke in the bear before you walk into the bear's – place and uh right some people have mm-hmm. poked the bear before and then walked into the peat and found out something and i don't know i see some poking mm. happening out there i'm of course out of it because you know i'm appeasing the powers that be out there but i will say there you know we we get after you on twitter yeah but you ain't seen the stadium yet. so I really hope Tennessee has no, a pitcher no. that taps their foot three times before they pitch. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I cannot wait. Like, I hope they do. Lane is just itching I cannot for wait for them to get three balls on somebody so I can ball for the kid. I cannot wait. And let's just I, hope the ball in I'm the dirt guy up shows it. up. And if he listens to this, I want to say this. I appreciate what you do, sir. 
And I want mm-hmm. our listeners to hear this too, because we have a lot of other people that try to get that chant started too. I want to be clear on something here. Ball in the dirt needs to happen every time we get a runner on third base. Because a ball in the dirt is a run if a runner's on third base. So just, you know, let's let's rev it up a little yeah, bit. If you, if you know the, the ball in the dirt guy, make sure he starts sipping about, you know, 10, 11 a.m. You know, that way by the and no oh, yeah. doubt. by the second inning, he's rolling, you know. I'll, I'll buy a round. <laughs> Time don't exist until – I'm pretty sure his kid has taken a spot before. So, <laughs> Goodness. Well, definitely can't wait for that for that coming up this weekend at the Super Regional. Uh, we're gonna thanks, Katie, for your question. Yes, thank and you John. so much, and John. Yes, thank you both so much for sending in questions this week. If anyone would be interested in sending in a question or sh- to share an opinion, a comment, whatever, whatever's on your mind. Feel free to send those to us anytime on our Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. Also, can be said the same if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Reach out to us then or on any of our social media channels or on our email, Everyday Eagles Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to have you guys on the show with us. Seriously, we couldn't do the show without you. Um, I mean, it really does mean the world to us bringing on uh, everyday eagles. So, and I'll turn it back over to you guys. All right, why don't we kick off with some Harry Carey here? Holy cow! All right, Josh, we'll let you go first, man. Who was your holy cow player from the tournament? Well, I've got two of them, and okay, one of them's the big guy, big lefty, Justin Storm. Um, I mean, deja vu performance, you know, you've seen it everywhere and it really was, I mean, it's, he came in against LSU last year, absolutely shut him down. And I think the quote from the Penn head coach after storm got done with them, they asked, what did Justin storm do to your lineup? And he said, I'm not real sure. I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) And I think all the players were still trying to figure it out too. I mean, storm never ceases to amaze me i mean he came in and just shut down really a, a hot team you know they were hitting the ball well um and storm just came in and shut them down I mean, that big sweeping slider slider that he has just disgusting and then his fastball i can't imagine hitting against him because that ball would start above my head and finish at my knees so uh i'm a short guy but still um storm was just crazy once again i felt like i was watching a major league baseball game uh my second one has got to go to tate parker tate's a first year eagle um i've known from the first time he stepped on the field for us he's a tough kid got a lot of grit and he has a very good approach at the plate um you could put that kid in with any count you know any pitcher and he's not going to get rattled you know O2 counts, he's staying in, driving the ball to, le- to, to left field. Um, you know, you give him a, a 3-0 count, he'll try to walk. And if he gets two strikes on him, he's going to do the same thing. You know, after he hit the first – got his first two hits, I think their, their shortstop started playing for it a little bit. He moves into the gap. Tate Parker says, I don't care. I'm going to hit it right over your head. And he did it over and over the last two games. And it was – you know, when Tate's – Stepped up the last game every time. I, right. I had no nerves. I was like, Tate's getting on. And the amount of times that he started a rally this weekend was amazing. I mean, I can think of, I think two of our big rallies got started with no outs or one out and Tate up to bat. He gets on base. He looks into the dugout and he's like, hey, guys, I'm here. Let's get it done. Yeah. And they got it done. So, um, yeah, Tate Parker, he he really stood out to me uh, the last two games. I know he struggled against, uh, I think it was Auburn. I think he went 0 for 3. But after that, every time he came in, he was just ready to roll. So I loved watching those two this weekend. And I look forward to watching them this coming weekend, too. 
No doubt. All right, I'll go next, Chuck. Uh, my holy cow players. <laughs> Guess who? Tanner Hall. Uh, no way. <laughs> Seems easy, doesn't it? Let's go Tanner Hall here. And the reason why I'm picking Tanner Hall is because Mr. Hall went above and beyond in this tournament. He threw a complete game, uh, one-run game against Samford. Unfortunately, the bats didn't get going, and we did, he didn't get the win. He didn't get charged. He got charged with a no decision, is what happened. Uh, he gave up eight hits against them, one run. Uh, it was earned. Nine strikeouts and nine innings. And so then, not only does he do that, he turns around and in the championship game against Penn, he starts the game. Now he gives us two innings versus Penn, and um. You know, it was about what a bullpen would be, I would imagine. You know, his pitch count was 30. They pulled him right at 30 pitches, which is around what his bullpen would have been anyway. Um, That was something a lot of people told me. They were worried about how much did we tax him by throwing him in that game. But, I mean. He was going to throw a bullpen anyway. If you looked at it. Yeah, and his velocity, like he wasn't straining to get velocity. If you notice, he leaned heavier on his all-speed stuff than he did on his fastball in that last game just because he wasn't trying to blow it by right. people. He was just carving them up. And um, I want to say his fastball sat 88 in that game where it normally sits around 92. And so 92, 93. And so, you know, he he took some – he dialed it back a little bit and threw his bullpen session and did what he had to do to get out. He's just a tough kid, man. I appreciate what he went through to do that. I appreciate the hard work he put in there. And so Tanner's going to be my pitcher. Now, I'm going to go with a hitter, too. And didn't we say Dustin Dickerson's illegal to pick in this? Yes, he won the MVP. So You can't just... pick Dustin Dickerson. Right. I mean, come on now. The dude's hitting, I mean, you know, Mike Trout wears Dustin Dickerson pajamas to bed right. at night. Like, come on. And so – um I'm going to go with a different hitter then, and I'm going to go with Rodrigo Montenegro. So what Rodrigo did over the weekend, all he did over the weekend was he went, let's see here. I'm about to do some math here, so bear with me here. Uh, So he had 14 registered at-bats. And he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hits. So he went eight for 14. Over 500. Yep, that's, he went eight for 14 over the tournament. That is a 571 batting average over the tournament. So, um, sorry, I should have done that math before I got on air here. But that's what he did. And also... He scored in the tournament one, two, three, four, five runs and had RBIs in every game except for the first one. So he ended the tournament with having five RBIs. Just a really good day, a really good tournament for Rodrigo. He's uh He's a guy, he comes to the plate, and I feel real, real good about what he's going to do when he gets there. He seems real relaxed at the plate. He hits, he sprays line drives all over the field. He's a base hit machine, and um, he's batting 404 right now on the season, Chuck. Wow. That's, that's so, higher than Dustin, isn't it? What's Dustin's batting average? It's the highest batting average on the team. Dustin's 328. Okay. Dustin comes in second with 328. So, Rodrigo is at 404. And, you know, you think, well, it's because he don't have that many at-bats. Well, he has 94. Yeah. That's enough to that's enough of a sample size to see how good of a hitter he is, and he's a pretty dang good hitter. So, right. Um, great job by him. We need him to stay hot. I'd like For to real. hear the trash talk between him and Gabe. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lane made a pretty bold statement uh, earlier. This I was week. wondering if you were going to say this. <laughs> so, Lane, why don't you uh, tell everybody your theory? You and I disagreed right. on this, but this was the statement I made, and it was bold. It was bold. And before I say it's this, it's not far off though. 
before I say this and I get pulled out in the street and stoned, <laughs> I just want to say I love Gabe Montenegro. He does. I think he is a fantastic baseball player and an even better person. Yeah. I go hug Gabe every time I see him and talk to him. There's actually a restraining order out, out against Lane. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's being worked. It's We're being working right. through it. But the statement I made was that I think Rodrigo might be a better hitter. <laughs> I, I think the and, correct statement was if if Rod uh, if Rod would have been here the same amount of years as Gabe. I did say that. I said if Rod had been here the same amount of years as Gabe, I think he would have beat. He'd be Gabe's. the all-time hit leader. Yeah, he'd be the all-time hit leader. He would have beat Gabe's hits. Yeah. Now I, Gabe had more pop. Gabe yeah. had more homers. Gabe had some clutch at bats. Very He's much responsible so. for one of my favorite Southern Miss moments. Mine too against Arizona State. But I will say this. And I'm going to stick by the statement, guys. I think if Rod played a full – how long was Gabe here? Six years? If Rod played here however long Gabe did and they (laughs) played, I think Rod has more hits than Gabe. And I'm going to say it and stick to it because I think Rod's that good of a hitter. Well, let me say this. Not all of Gabe's hits at Southern Miss are accounted for because I went to an intramural softball game that Gabe played in this year, <laughs> and uh, it was something to watch. He uh, he hasn't lost it. He has not lost it. He can he smash. Can smash. So if you're looking video. for somebody uh, to replace you on your church league team after today, uh, Gabe, Gabe would be a good replacement. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Yeah, they're they're shopping right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go with a pitcher and a, a position player as well. Um, my first, holy cow, I have to give it to the poet, uh, Mr. Will Armistead. I mean, just phenomenal job this weekend. Um, he pitched in two games. It was just, I've, I, I think he's getting better and better. Um, and I think next year, you heard it here first, look for him to be possibly one of our starters. Um and then my my batter, obviously, I know Lane Lane's itching to yell out some stats. I'd see it. Um, my my uh, batter is going to be the freshman, uh, Mister Nick Monastere, the Shohanastere, the Loch Ness monster, whatever you want to call the kid. Um, you know, Josh alluded to it earlier. He's been in some big games, but he is playing like he's been playing big games his whole life. You know, uh, I think those two RBIs that solidified the win, you know, the, he, uh, they were playing in and he hit a little chopper up the middle and it went into the center field. So I just think Nick Monaster is playing with purpose and he's, he's got a high baseball IQ. You can tell that. Um, so I'm, I, those are my two Holy cow players lane. I, I see you chomping at the bits, man. I just want to say Will Armistead didn't give up a single run in the entire regional. Wow. I didn't realize we put that. him in. He had zero runs charged to him, and uh, we put him in in some sticky situations. So he's really good, and yeah. he's he's. We need he's him to stay pitcher. that way for a little while longer. And uh, Nick Monastere had some big hits. So, uh, guys, your all tournament team from that again. It was illegal. We discussed <laughs> it before the show to pick Dustin Dickerson. He was the MVP of the entire regional. I mean, he just he gets out there and just drops nukes and bat flips and does his thing, and he's awesome. So Dickerson was the MVP. Tanner Hall made the all-tournament team, which we already talked about him. Rodrigo made it. Uh, Nick Monastere made it. Um, one we didn't talk about, Danny Lynch made it. And Carson Pato made it. He had some big hits. You know, weekend. my favorite thing about Danny this weekend – is in that last game, it, there was a shot of Scott Berry and Danny. Danny's on third, and Scott's obviously coaching third, and they're both giving players directions at the same time. They're telling players what I to love do that. next. And, I love that. And I did. Yeah. Did you see that? And I'm like, man. Yeah. It was awesome. It was great. All right. Well, let's get to the can't wait segment. Can't wait. 
Chuck, what about this next week makes you say you can't wait? Well, I can't wait to find out if I get tickets to the Super Regional because it's Tuesday as we're recording. Like we said, no. Um, I, I got a good feeling that we'll, we'll be in the gates. Uh, I can't wait, honestly, to see the Hall, uh, and I always say his name, Dahlander, pitching duel. Um, I think... You know, there's been some some name calling on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to keep laying away from, uh, but a couple of Tennessee fans have called Tanner Hall uh, a limp noodle arm and uh, hasn't faced real at bats. And I'm just anxious to see our hitters have been. You know, they start out slow, but they 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 seem to hit up heat up as the uh, game goes on. So I'm interested to see who has the better performance, Hall or Dolander. It's a good one. That'll be a good battle there. All right. Uh, Josh, what can you not wait I can't for? wait to be back at Pete Taylor Park. I feel like it's been a long time since we were all there, which it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it because we've been watching all these games in Alabama. Um, I'm just ready for everybody to come back home, be in the park together, have the roofs packed out, and um, I'm ready to give the bullpen uh, some trouble down there. I think that's the biggest thing that I can't wait for. You do, you, you do your I'm, job down there, son. I will do my job. I can promise you that. <laughs> Get them rowdy. Get them rowdy, Josh. We need a hostile place down there. All right, I'll go real quick. I can't wait to see our pitching staff versus a Tennessee offense that on the season has hit 122 home runs. Uh, they've been really good, and our pitching staff has been really good. So, um, unstoppable force, meet immovable object. <laughs> you know, here we go. So, we're about to see kind of some strength on strength here, and we're about to find out what's going to happen here. And I hope our pitching – I'm not going to say hope. I know our pitching is up to the – challenge here and they're going to rise to the occasion and we're going to be proud of the effort we get out of them so all right y'all ready to do the rundown on the tennessee volunteers in this upcoming regional meet me meet me all right chuck get us started here give us a rundown of what tennis uh, of tennessee's record what have they done to get to this point in the season all that well uh you know there's not a whole lot i want to talk about tennessee we're going to keep it kind of brief um they ended their season 41 and 19 uh finished 16 and 14 in their conference that shall not be named uh finished fourth in the east side of that conference um they are currently as um as of an hour ago two hours ago when i looked this up 12th in live rpi whatever that means at this moment who knows um they are number 21 in the top 25, unless that was an old poll I looked at. Um, and Applebee's is apparently their team restaurant. That's pretty much the breakdown of the Tennessee Volunteers. That Bourbon Street steak and the Oreo shake. That's baby. right. The Applebee's. So. Thank you, Chuck. That's your rundown on the volunteers as a whole. Josh is going to give us a rundown on what Tennessee hitters we need to be looking for. This yeah, so weekend. like you said, Tennessee's offense, they've got heavy hitters. I'll say that. They're tied for fifth in the NCAA with home runs at 122. But their overall batting average isn't that impressive compared to the rest of the country, which they are. They're above us by two thousandths of a point. So, you know, not that much difference there. Uh, they're 101st in the NCAA. So compared to the rest of the country, the average isn't all that great. But like I said, 122 home runs is impressive. Tied for fifth in, in the NCAA. Um, they've got four guys hitting over 300. Um, so I didn't even look to see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have six guys sitting over 300 um, compared to their four, but some of ours don't bat that much. So they got that going for them. Um, overall, I wouldn't say they're an impatient 
team when it comes to their approach. Uh, they're tied for 17th in walks, um, you know, based on balls. But with an 0-2 count, they chase a lot. Um, they have – thought I wrote it down. But they have quite a bit more strikeouts than we have this year. Um, and from when I've watched them, they tend to chase a lot when they're down in the count. Um, they have a really tough time against lefties. So, Justin Storm, hope you're ready because they're going to have a hard time hitting you. Um, and then as far as on the base pass go, they've got a little bit of speed. If a guy named Christian is on the base pass, they have Christian Moore and Christian Scott. One has 15 stolen bases, one has 12. If they're on the base pass, Rodrigo and Blake are going to have to be ready. But other than that, they're not too threatening when on base. And, you know, that's about all I've got. Uh, their leading hitters, uh, Jared Dickey, is their number one guy. He's a sophomore. He's hitting 335 with 73 hits. He leads the team in that category. Christian Moore, second, batting 321. He's one of their heavy hitters. He's got 17 home runs. And Griffin Merritt is a graduate student at Tennessee. He's hitting 306 with 18 home runs. So, um, and like you said, they're heavy hitters. Their average isn't what you would expect from the stats that they have. But um, I think if our pitchers cannot give up too many pitches for them to take out of the ballpark, then I think we're going to be, you know, in good shape. Um, if you're looking for somebody to compare them to, I mean, our stat lines are dang near similar. They're sitting at 7.7 runs per game. Uh, we're sitting at seven runs per game. So, you know, it's it's pretty similar to Southern Miss, I'd say. Granted, they're in a different uh, different conference, so that could have something to do with it. But, I mean, they got heavy bats, and that's really the the only thing that I can say about Tennessee's offense is look well, out for the long ball. Well, we're not going to punish them for being in a weaker conference than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not everybody can be in the fun belt. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, he's talking about those heavy bats, guys. I always like to see who's hit over 10 homers, and they got five guys who have. So, it's – they can hit. So – God, uh, what, we yeah, have those three are some or four that have hit over 10, huh? We have – Yeah. You know, got Slade has 20, yeah. Sarge has 13, Lynch Four. has 13, and Dickerson has nine. Yeah. So – Right, okay. Yeah, we got four. Dickerson's almost yep. there. So, or yeah, Dickerson's got. Yeah, he does now. after that last. So we game got four. Yeah. So, all right, and I'm gonna give you all the rundown on pitching. So Friday night, guys, I've looked at like their tournament, like their regional, and then I went and looked at their last series to try to get a feel for how they're going to use their pitching. And I think their Friday night guy, which I think will be the guy we play the first game on Saturday. Um, so the guy we see on Saturday will be Andrew Lindsey. Uh, he's impressive. He's only started seven games, um, but he has a 2.4 ERA. Is he and, their normal um, Friday night starter? I thought for sure it'd be yeah. the Dollander kid. Dollander's Saturday guy. Maybe that's, yeah. I went back and looked at their last couple. Dollander might have started the year as that, but uh, what it looks like to me is Chase Burns was a guy they used in the weekend rotation a lot early, and Lindsey kind of took his spot, and Lindsey ended up being the Friday night guy, and Dollander's the Saturday guy. So, um, but yeah, that's what it looks like to me is that Burns at one point was the starter on the weekend rotation. Lindsey took his spot. So we'll see Andrew Lindsey on Saturday, I think. I think we're set up to get a Tanner Hall versus Andrew Lindsey um, game on Saturday. Then on Sunday, you're going to see Dahlander. 
And Dylander, the reason why we've mentioned him several times, guys, is um, Dylander is one of their big-time pitchers. He's actually a big draft prospect. He's had 15 starts this year. His ERA is okay. It's 4.5. Um 111 Ks and 78 innings. That's impressive. He's their team leader in strikeouts. Um, he's a good pitcher. So we're going to face a really good one. So the Dylander versus Oldham game would probably be on Sunday would be my assumption. And then on Monday, you're going to get Drew Beam. If it goes to a Monday game, obviously, hopefully we sweep them and it won't. But if it gets to a Monday game, you'll get Drew Beam. And um, he's got a 409 ERA, uh, 72 strikeouts and 72 innings. So, to me, Lindsey and Beam both – Lindsey basically avoids a lot of runs given up. So, here's the book on him. The guy we play Saturday, he doesn't give up a bunch of runs. The guy we play Sunday um, – he has a ton of strikeouts. He gives up more runs, but he gets a bunch of strikeouts. And then the guy we play on um, Monday, if it gets to a Monday game, he's kind of a mixture of both. So, uh, but what their strength to me is is their is their bullpen guys. AJ Russell, um, you know, he he's a really good one. Hollis Fanning's one that has an impressive ERA. Xander Sechrist. Aaron Combs, all those guys, they, they've they got some guys they bring in from the bullpen that have sub-three ERAs that are really good. And to put this in perspective, as a team, their ERA is 3.6. Uh, our ERA as a team is 4.5. So um, they have a lower ERA as a team than we do. They got – like I said, they got some bullpen guys who have some pretty impressive numbers. They have more strikeouts than innings pitched this year, and so do we. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be tough. They've got a good bullpen, so um, you know we got to get the starter out. We got to find a way to get to that bullpen. So uh, that's on Josh, though, right, Josh? You you got us on that. On what again? Oh, the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. You going to wear that bullpen out for us? Uh, Something of note, guys, that does need to be stated here is that all three of these weekend starters that we're going to see, all three of their starters are righties. And we're a lefty-heavy lineup. So that plays in our favor. So um, that's the rundown on the volunteer pitching. So three starters, pretty good, good bullpen. All the starters are going to be righties. The guy on Sunday is a – he's a, I'd say he's a fairly big MLB prospect, right, Chuck? Yeah, I would say. So, yeah. So that's what we got. Awesome. Well, that's a pretty good little show. Um, yeah, that covers the regional. And, super regional. Um, yeah. Or super Six. regional, I'm sorry. Get your tickets, guys. <laughs> if you can find them get your tickets if you got spare tickets guys try to get them in southern miss fans hands please right i know the entire football team mentioned earlier they want to go literally matthew Ryle said the entire football team's trying to find a way to get in uh if you got spare tickets guys if you got look go to eagle post go to so I mean, crap! Send it to me, and I'll uh, we'll text, make sure. It gets, yeah, show, we'll make I'll sure it gets them, the Eagle people. Yeah, we'll put it in the massive group me if we got to, but put them in Southern Miss people's hands, man. And let's let's pack this thing with black and gold. And that's all I got for the super regional guys. All right, Josh, you got any final thoughts, man? No, I don't think so. I think we covered most of it. Awesome. Well, Josh, thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Feel free to come back anytime. I appreciate y'all having me. Had a Thank good time. Thank you for your time, Josh. Absolutely. All right, listeners, if y'all can get there this weekend, do that. Be loud. Be proud. Um, and let's do it for 40. Um, we'll meet you at the peak. And as always, let's get rowdy. Southern Miss. Good
Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.